0: open God's word and I have to read to you from Revelation 12 Revelation 12 and we'll focus in the sermon on the verses 7 to 12 Revelation 12 from verse 1 we read the word of God a great sign appeared in heaven a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of twelve stars. And she was with child and she cried out, being in labour and in pain to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns. And on his heads were seven diadems, And his tail swept away a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she gave birth, he might devour her child. And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who is to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God so that there she would be nourished for 1,260 days. Then follows the text from 7 to 12. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon. Dragon and his angels waged war and they were not strong enough and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony And they did not love their life even when faced with death. For this reason, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you having great wrath, knowing that he has only a short time. It's the end of the text and we'll continue to read to the end of the chapter. And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, He persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman so that she could fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Let us now pray for the preaching of the word. Father in heaven, thank you for your word, a light on our path. Enable your servant to proclaim it faithfully and boldly. And give us all eyes to see the wonders of your grace. Open our hearts. Make them receptive to receive and embrace your gospel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, Perhaps you have heard of D-Day, Decision Day. It has to do with a decisive moment during World War II in the struggle against the German occupying forces. D-Day, that was the day the Allied forces landed on the northern shore of France near Normandy. It was an anxious time for those who lived in Europe. Rumours had been circulating for some time that Allied troops would invade mainland Europe. People all longed for it, yet it just didn't seem to come. Until the news came of the massive invasion of Normandy, On June 6, 1944, people regained hope. The occupying enemy forces would now be driven out of their countries. Although it still took quite some time before the Germans were finally driven out, D-Day was experienced as the decisive turning point in the war. The enemy had, in principle, been defeated. The Allied troops had now gained a firm foothold on the European continent. Well, beloved, in the great world war between Satan and the Church, we also have our D-Day, Decision Day, the day in which the decisive operation began. The day on which the outcome of the battle was in fact decided. What day is that? It is the day of Christ's ascension. When Christ ascends his heavenly throne and as a result Satan and his followers are defeated and thrown down. I proclaim here the word of our text, Christ's ascension. It means the victory over the satanic accuser and it means the inauguration of Christ's kingship. So, Christ's ascension means the victory over the satanic accuser and the inauguration of Christ's We read in our text, of war in heaven and there was war in heaven Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon the dragon and his angels waged war a war between angels between faithful and unfaithful angels between angel of light and angel of darkness Michael and his host of angels fight against Satan and his followers. The name Michael is significant here. Michael means who is like God? Michael fights for the only true God. He's the commander of the heavenly armies. That's how he's also introduced in Daniel 12. The faithful angels come into action for the sake of God's people. They fight their decisive battle, decisive for world history. Beloved, we humans tend to just pay attention to what is happening here on earth. And then you soon start explaining things from the forces that are actively engaged here on earth. The developments are then seen as something that can be explained from internal human factors. Thus one only takes into account the thoughts and actions of human beings. However, God points to the struggle behind the struggle. When forces clash here on earth, then there are invisible angelic forces at work behind those visible earthly forces. Elisha and his servant had the privilege of seeing something of that when they were surrounded by the Syrian army. They then saw the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire around them. The protective force of the heavenly army, 2 Kings 6, verse 17. But beloved, even if we do not see it ourselves, we may know it's a reality. John, among others, gives us a look behind the scenes and he shows us the world of angels, the world of spirits, of good and evil spirits. Our attention is drawn to the decisive battle between Michael and his angels against Satan and his demons. War in heaven or at the gates of heaven. What is the outcome? The dragon and his angels are defeated and lose their place in heaven. They're thrown down to the earth. As a loser, Satan is cast out of heaven, thrown down. We then hear great cheering in heaven. Heavenly angels sing their song of victory. The outcome of that great celestial war has been decided. From now on, heaven will be different. My brothers and sisters, what was it then like before this victory over Satan? Well before this victory, Satan and his followers apparently still had a place in heaven. What place did they have? Yes, how could they have a place in heaven? Surely they don't belong there in that heavenly glory? Well, unto that moment, Satan could still enter heaven. Think of the history of Job. In Job 1 we read, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord that Satan also came among them. The sons of God were God's faithful angels, members of his heavenly council. Satan comes with them. What is he doing there? Our text says, call Satan the accuser of our brothers. Who accuses them day and night before our God? There is no uncertainty as to what Satan wants to do in heaven. He is returning from an inspection on earth. He has collected all kinds of incriminating material against God's children material that indicates their guilt. He has seen the believers fall into sin, left, right and centre. Enough evidence for numerous charges. When the Lord draws Satan's attention to Job as a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil, Satan Satan immediately comes with his demonic charge. Does Job fear God for nothing, he says? Satan tries to portray Job as a selfish man who serves God purely for personal gain. What else can you expect from Job while you continue to spoil him? Satan suggests brothers and sisters the place that Satan had in heaven before ascension day is also indicated in Zechariah 3. There we receive a picture of a heavenly court case. Satan is present as the accuser. The accused is the high priest Joshua. He is indeed shown to be guilty. He is clothed with filthy garments. But Joshua is not condemned. The angel of the Lord, that refers to Jesus Christ before his incarnation, the angel of the Lord acts in his defense. Satan is again eager to bring charges against God's people without any compassion. He keeps a record of everything they've done. Worse still, he's not only the accuser, but he's also the big deceiver. Just think of the name given to him in our text. The serpent of old. He's still the same as he was in paradise. He travels the world to deceive whoever he can, to seduce God's people. And once he seduced them, he promptly goes to God to accuse them. Unfortunately, heaven cannot yet refuse him the faithful angels still have to put up with him and acknowledge he's right. After all, there's truth in what he says. Joshua the high priest, for example, was indeed filthy because of his sin. Satan can demonstrate from the facts that the lives of God's children are depraved and sinful. And he also has legal grounds for his charges. The sins of the accused have not yet been paid for. Jesus Christ has not yet brought that perfect sacrifice for their sins. And that's why Satan received a place in heaven. No matter how much God and his faithful angels hated him, they see how devilish he is. First he seduces the people and then he accuses them. They can't stand it when Satan comes with his accusations. But they still have to listen to him because his accusations are well founded. God's righteousness has not yet been fulfilled. But then the wonderful message of our text. Satan and his angels are thrown down from heaven. They may no longer enter heaven. They're excluded once and for all. Reason for a song of joy. But beloved, why this change in heaven? Why this military operation in heaven against Satan and his demons? Why is he now cast out of heaven while up until then he was still allowed to enter? Well, let's look at that when we consider the second point, the inauguration of Christ's kingdom. From the context it appears that this celestial war is closely connected with what has been said about the victory of the male child in verse 5. There we read that the male child was suddenly caught up to God and his throne. No matter how hard Satan tried, he couldn't get that child, our Lord Jesus Christ, in his power he couldn't defeat him he tried to deceive him but without success he tried to crush him in the hour of darkness but even in his hellish anguish and pain Christ was victorious he remained faithful to his father Jesus Christ just could not be conquered he never ever deviated from the path his father had marked out for him and therefore Jesus' life can be summed up in that one sentence he was caught up to God and to his throne he is the victor as our victorious head he ascends his heavenly throne The dragon's plan to destroy the saviour of the world failed for good. There is no chance of success anymore. Christ is on his heavenly throne. And that victory is not just for Jesus Christ. This is also for the woman, for the church, for you and me. The cause of the church has now been decided forever. In principle, Satan is powerless. Christ has fulfilled all righteousness. On the cross, Christ called out, it is finished. And on the Easter morning, he rose from the dead. And then 40 days later, he ascended into heaven. He presented his sacrifice for our sin to the heavenly sanctuary. And God the Father accepted that payment and seated him at his right hand on the throne. The lamb who took care of the payment for our sins is now with the judge in heaven. Should the accuser ever again try to enter heaven, then he'll be held back, thrown down. God pays no attention to his accusations anymore. His justice has been met. In heaven, all the attention is now given to the intercession of the one who paid. Our advocate, Jesus Christ. In Romans 5, verse 33, we read Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died. Yes, rather, who was raised who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Now that Jesus Christ has been victorious, Satan can no longer bring charges against those who belong to Christ. It's over. A decisive turning point in the history of salvation has taken place. Heaven has been cleansed. The outcome of the great world war has been decided. It's been D-Day. And that's why we hear that beautiful song of the angels. Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come. Now God truly can save. Reconciliation has taken place. No devil can get at it, let alone prevent it. Now the power and the kingdom of our God are also fully revealed. The opponent has been defeated. In principle, he has no right to speak anymore. God can now assert his power and justice. And Jesus Christ God's anointed has now received all authority in heaven and on earth. He reigns as the king of the church. All this is confirmed by the crushing defeat of Satan and his angels. Christ's ascension into heaven And Satan's expulsion from heaven indicate the inauguration of the promised messianic kingdom according to Psalm 2 and Daniel 2. The word now, at the beginning of the festive song, now the salvation, power and kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ has come, indicates the great turning point. Until now, this was all still promise. God's salvation was handed out in advance. It was not full reality yet. Christ is now going to fulfill Psalm 2 and rule the nations with a rod of iron. Let them plot. Let them counsel together and make plans against the Lord and his anointed. It's fruitless. It's a lost battle. Now the anointed Jesus Christ has ascended his throne. Christ is priest and king on his throne if our Advocate is in heaven as the Lamb of God, there is no place anymore for the accuser. This decisive point in history therefore also means the victory of the church. The angels sing of it, for the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down and they overcame him. How did they, the Christians, overcome him? Through their own courage and strength? As if we can handle Satan on our own? No way. They overcame him only because of the blood of the Lamb, we read. Victory through Christ's sacrifice. And therefore we read in Romans 8 verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, you may still struggle with your sin. Often we don't stand firm against the power of sin in our lives. Who does not experience it? That feeling of weakness, disappointment, helplessness, because we stumble. We fall into sin again and again. It's hard to deal with. It can depress us, make us feel like losers. But don't forget, beloved, there is victory through the blood of the Lamb. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Hold on to that gospel. Defend that gospel. Confess Christ's name before God and man. Yes, to testify of Christ in word and deed means victory over Satan. As the angels sing, they overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. Every profession of the Christian faith signifies victory over Satan. When you stand up for Christ, you show that you oppose Satan, then you resist his temptation. And the power of temptation is then broken. Satan's power is broken. And that power of Satan has already definitively been broken in heaven. For this reason, rejoice. O heavens, and you who dwell in them, celebrate your victory. You've been freed from Satan for good. What a liberation. But now the earth. Woe to the earth and see we're here. Did we hear this correctly? If Christ has won the decisive victory? Should he not make his triumphal procession here on earth as well? Should he not break Satan's power on earth so that we too would be completely free from Satan? Did not the angels sing, now the salvation and the power of and the kingdom of our God and the authority of the Christ has come. Well, that must be also, also be visible here on earth, must it not? Indeed, Satan's power is also being curtailed here on earth. We read of that in Revelation 20. where We read that Satan is bound His power is limited. In what way? So that he would not deceive the nations any longer, we read in Revelation 20 verse 3. Up until Christ's ascension, Satan had all the nations of the world in his power, so to speak, except for God's chosen people, Israel. And now Satan has to release his grip on the nations so that the gospel can go out to them. And Christ can gather his church from across the globe, from all tribes, tongues and nations. And thus we today may be part of that one holy Catholic universal church. See here, Christ's superior power Every single person who comes to faith in Christ during this New Testament era is a proof of Christ's victory over Satan. Yet beloved, Satan's power on earth has not yet disappeared completely. Think of the liberation of Europe from the power of the Germans in World War II, after D-Day it still took a long time, almost a year, before all Europeans were freed from the occupying forces. And what did the people then discover during that last year? The enemy knew that his days were numbered, that his time was running out, and what does an enemy do when he's cornered? The enemy becomes all the more dangerous, vicious, furious. He shows no compassion at all. He tries to drag others along with him in his fall. Well, now, that's how it is with Satan as well. He was thrown down from heaven. That's why they sing in heaven. But on earth it hasn't become safer. On the contrary, Satan is furious that he can no longer enter heaven. And he knows his time is short. His end is near. And that's why he's even crueler. He doesn't spare anything or anyone. He wants to drag everything along with him in his fall. Everything has to become a chaos here on earth. The whole society must be poisoned, de-Christianized, become more and more wicked at the expense of the Christians. Brothers and sisters, how do you react to this? Do you doubt Christ's victory, his power and kingdom? Remember, it was D-Day. The decisive battle has been won. In principle, Satan has already been conquered. The evil you now see in society is nothing but Satan's last death pangs a proof of Christ's victory when you meet satanic evil here on earth be assured that it's really a defeated power you're dealing with how contradictory it may seem to you Satan can hurt you physically physically He can kill you. But he can't snatch your soul away from Christ. In Christ, you are more than conquerors. Paul writes in Romans 8 verse 37. Nothing, not even suffering or death, can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus your suffering as a Christian is a sign not of Satan's victory but of your victory over Satan. Through faith in Christ you may share in his victory under most difficult circumstances. Therefore, don't lose heart. Lift your hearts on high in heaven where Christ, your advocate, is at the right hand of the Father. Your head, Jesus, has already been crowned with glory. You may follow. In him your victory is assured. It's been D-Day. And V-Day, the day of total victory, Will follow. Amen. Let's now pray. Father in heaven, we thank and praise you for the victory of your Son over all satanic forces. Thank you for his perfect obedience even unto death on the cross to pay for our sins and to clothe us with righteousness thank you for giving him as reward a seat on the heavenly throne as our king and priest thank you that as a result of his redeeming work Satan has no right to accuse us before your throne anymore Thank you that Satan is now bound. That we know he cannot do anything without your will. And we praise you for the gathering of your people from among the nations that were formerly under Satan's rule. Thank you that in this way the gospel could reach us and we may be part of your worldwide church from every tribe, tongue and nation. Father, in the midst of that struggle of faith, we can at times forget that the victory is assured. Help us to persevere in faith, to overcome through the blood of Christ and through your living and powerful word. Help us to see the big picture and to realize that all the hatred aggression and even violence against the Christians in this world is only a sign of Satan's fear and defeat. Help us to see our own suffering as a prelude to glory so that when we suffer, we suffer in hope, in the eager expectation of the final victory at Christ's return.